and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, cattle mutilation number 1313. That's correct, cattle mutilation 1313. And that is the number found on this unfortunate cow's ear tag. 1313. And when did it happen? Well, they found this mutilated cow just after Friday the 13th, this past February 2020. But just before I get into the story, I want to point out that I was able to post a video on Twitter and also on the UFOWarning.com site that a listener sent in from a UFO sighting in Montana. I believe that was back in 2019. Now, these are a collection of orbs. This gentleman was outside with that sounds like maybe one of his kids, and they actually filmed these things just kind of uh, hovering around there in the cloud cover, uh, darting in and out. I think this is very good video quality. Uh, the problem I had was I could not get this thing to convert properly so that I could upload it to YouTube. It seems like every time Google gets their hands on something, they just keep improving it until it doesn't work anymore. But I was able to link the video to the Twitter account. So if you go to at warning sub UFO, you can see it there. Or better yet, you can go to ufowarning.com and you can watch the video right there on the website. Now I've been thinking about along these subjects. I haven't got my Dropbox fixed up yet. I'm trying to accommodate people so they can send this stuff in. Because I'll tell you what happens. I think a lot of people are actually seeing these things. but And they even maybe get to the point where they actually get the video on their phone. But then for most of us that aren't computer programs, who aren't uh, social networking geniuses, it can be a major hassle trying to get this stuff from your phone loaded onto the internet, especially if you don't have a website. And even for someone like me, somebody gets this great video and then I'm just banging my head against the wall trying to get this stuff loaded. So at some point I may even have to get a limited presence going on Facebook. I'm not really wanting to do that, but it seems like that's where a lot of the information is being exchanged these days is on Facebook. Now I'm kind of an old fuddy-duddy, but that seems to be just the space where people exchange all this UFO stuff. And when I started doing some more research into this cattle mutilation stuff, I found out that that's where some of the best stories are popping up at, is on Facebook. And so that may be the only way that I have to contact people uh, to receive videos and tips from people. So I'm, I'm going to take a look at that. But in the meantime, I've got the website set up, ufowarning.com, and I've started to try to put some stuff on there. We're getting some traffic at Honestly, you know, uh, it could be a lot better. So if you want to watch this video from Montana, go to ufowarning.com and you can watch it there. Now, I know I just did a cattle mutilation podcast a couple days ago, but the stuff is so weird. And the thing that I noticed in the most recent one that I did was uh, I see a shift in attitude by law enforcement and by the people investigating these things. It seems like they're starting to be taken a lot more seriously, and I see a lot less debunking going on, and I start to see um, the very beginnings of what somebody might call a serious investigation, or at least taking the topic seriously. Now, we know we had that spate of uh, the five bulls that were uh, mutilated uh, in 
uh, East Central Oregon last uh, fall, I believe, 2019. And as I dug around and found these most recent cases that we talked about that happened here in July and then just back on September 12th, I think it was, of this year, I came across another case that seems like maybe it had kind of been kept on the down low a little bit, but now uh, this guy's come forward and we're discovering even more cases of cattle mutilation that have been going on out there in that east central area of Oregon. This is a very kind of looks to me like a semi-arid area with these big tall pine trees, lots of pine needles on the ground. It's kind of a very, um, it seems it it seems remote, but I don't see it as a place uh, where you, that you might find, say, in the south-central U.S. or down the bayou. It's, it's almost like, even though it's covered with these large trees, it's almost, in a way, it is more of a, a, a less underbrush, less cover, but it is extremely remote. So I'm wondering if it's not got more to do with uh, where these things are being captured, or these cows are being mutilated at. Secondly, as somebody brought up in one of the articles, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you might be four or five miles from a house. And they're not raising these cattle like they do in the Midwest where the cows are grown on, say, when they're, when they're grazing if they're in Ohio or Indiana or Iowa or Minnesota, you know, you might have one cow per acre or, or maybe even two. They're going through, they're mowing the grass down. It's, they're, they're fairly dense. But when we're talking about uh, these cow, cattle mutilations that are happening in Oregon, we're not talking about cattle per acre. We're talking about acres per cow. So I... From what I can see, some of these cows might require five or ten acres to roam on because the pasture is just so sparse. If it's not irrigated, there's really nothing growing there. I mean, you look at the stuff they call rangeland, and it's what a lot of us would call forest. These big, giant pine trees with uh, basically no grass growing. I don't even know how the things are. <laughs> Honestly, you look at it, you're just like, man, how do they get enough to eat? In fact, some of the cows look a little bit on the skinny side. So... Imagine these cows out here roaming. Maybe each cow has four or five, ten acres to roam. Well, how would you even know where to pull over to find a cow to mutilate? Honestly. I mean, you might have to walk five or six miles to find a cow. And then you've got to, and then you somehow got, you have to somehow subdue this thing to kill it. You're certainly not going to run it into the corner of a fence. I mean, this is basically wilderness area that these things are roaming around on. Not to mention you got all the wildlife out there. So the idea that somebody's just out in this really, I mean, you're out there in cowboy country. I mean, this is not like a, uh, a farm country in the Midwest where you've, you've got farms and then, you know, a mile or two away you can have a city, you know, where people, where people are densely populated, even though it's a rural area, quote-unquote, uh, you're still not more than 10 miles from a gas station. Well, I'm looking, on, I'm looking on the map where these cattle mutilations are taking place at, and I'm thinking, you know, you better fill your truck up before you go check on your cows because uh, there's not going to be anywhere to buy gas if you happen to run out. I mean, you are in the middle of nowhere, literally. So the idea that somebody could just be driving along there and just randomly get out, get out of their pickup or four-wheeler or whatever and go find a cow to mutilate. Well, this is just stupidity. 
And on top of that, there's so few people living around there. I mean, a stranger's not going to go unnoticed. So this is a, this is not an urbanized environment. This is not a normal farming environment that you think of in the Midwest or maybe the southeast of the United States. This is wide open uh, government forest land, miles and miles and miles without a building. So over and over we hear, well, it must be a satanic cult. Well, if I was a satanic cult member, I don't think I would have the time to drive clear out to the middle of nowhere in Oregon to kill a cow. It would be so much easier to find one at a farm somewhere in the Midwest or down south. I, so that, that, whole thing, the, that whole thing makes absolutely no sense. Now, it says here, I found this article on, uh, it says NW newsnetwork.org and it's written by Anna King February 5th, 2020 but I still think it's pertinent it says, quote you're scared to go without a gun unquote another mutilated cow in central Oregon rattles ranchers and then it has a picture here and I have the link at ufowarning.com and you can see um, three of these guys riding the horses and they're moving the cattle through this uh, well forced is what it is i mean i see a few blades of grass mainly i see these big giant pine trees and lots and lots of pine needles on the floor and no no other people in sight no buildings nothing like that it's in the middle of nowhere and the picture says coden weiberg is a ranch hand at the roth family ranch in central oregon he was one of the first people to spot a dead and mutilated cow in september 2019 now it says this story includes images of dead cows and their mutilation readers may find disturbing rancher Stephen Roth is rattled by the recent slaying of one of his cows near Hampton Oregon quote you're scared to go out without a gun he says you have to weigh the danger of packing a gun versus having it around your young kids Roth has five little children so he's reluctant to carry a gun in his vehicle or on his horseback the cows killing happened September 2019 but records have just recently been released on the case from Lake County Sheriff's Office, and it feels fresh to Roth. Well, here you go. I think these some of these cattle mutilations are being traded the same way as UFO sightings. People are frightened by it. They're unnerved by it. And they think if they don't talk about it, then it'll just go away. They don't want to have to experience ridicule over it. So the guy had, finds this mutilated cow, and then they just decide not to make it public. It says, uh, between private ground and public lands, Ross family manages about 87,000 acres of sage, juniper, and sand. They run more than 1,000 head of cattle and grow irrigated alfalfa on their land. Now, I don't know how much of that land is in irrigated alfalfa, but you know, 1,000 head of cattle for 87,000 acres, that's one cow every 87 acres. That's, you know, I don't know, a couple miles. It's a, it's a lot of ground. Ross Ranch had found the slain cow in the state in the late afternoon on September 18th. She was missing her udder, genitals, tongue, blood, and heart. Yeah, and I've asked this question before. Where does the blood go at? How do you how do you lay this cow down on the ground, kill it, and take all of its blood out? Now, 
I can tell you, living in the Midwest, we have a lot of packing plants. And the disposal of the blood is, is a big thing. I mean, I know that nowadays they probably cook a lot of that down for food protein or whatever. But it's byproduct. And when you have when you slaughter a 1,000-pound cow, I mean, there's, as we said, roughly, what, 8 to 10 gallons of blood involved there, at least. It says, uh, according to Clancy Roth, Stephen's wife, there are, there are only five ranches for about 60 miles between their place and Bend, Oregon. 60 miles. Now think about where you live at. I can think about where I live at. And think about how far away 60 miles is. And in that distance, there's five families, five ranches. And then it has a picture of the cow laying here. Man, it, so, something's done a job has done a job on it. It says the cow, the cow number thirteen thirteen, was killed, and her utter heart, tongue, blood, and genitals were taken on the wrath on the Roth family ranch in Central Oregon. And you can see this poor cow laying here in the in the kind of the sagebrush and trees in the background, and it looks almost like a laser beam's just been taken around and cut a big chunk out of her skin off. Right back where her udders are. And I can see some blood on the skin, but I don't see any blood to speak of, really, drained out around this animal. If you're a hunter, I mean, and you know, if you've, if you've ever hunted deer or, or even seen pictures of big game hunting sites, you know they leave a lot of blood when, when, when an animal gets killed like this. Okay, it says there's nothing out there but us, Clancy Roth says. It's creepy to think some weirdo was out there. Later that day... Some weirdo. Well, yeah, I would say. Later that day, ranch owner Stephen Roth came out to inspect the animal. He tried to get help. He called the Harney County Sheriff's Office because he knew it was handling the recent cases of five bulls that were slain on Silva's Valley Ranch. Now, that's the case we talked about before, so it wasn't that far away from him. So, you know, we talked about that in that podcast about those five uh, big prize bulls being found mutilated, dead in their tracks. And while that was going on, this guy was also losing livestock. It says, as we've previously reported, five young bulls were slain last year on the on the expansive working and guest ranch that's roughly the size of Chicago. The animals were killed on remote U.S. Forest Service allotments. Their tongues, genitals, and blood were removed. Ranchers say scavengers like birds and coyotes, didn't touch the dead animals. The ranch's owner offered a $25,000 reward for information leading to a conviction. But so far, there are no suspects. $25,000 ain't doing it, kids. Back in Lake County, Ross Cow was out of the... Back in Lake County, Ross Cow was out of the Harney County Sheriff's Office jurisdiction. He called Lake and nearby Deschutes counties. He called the Oregon State Patrol, which also wouldn't respond. <laughs> Roth wanted forensic testing of the animal to see if it had been poisoned or darted. There were no bullet holes in the hide. The Harney County people said I could hire the vet to come out, Stephen Roth says, but I really didn't want to be out there in the dark with a vet and no guns. The next day, Lake County Deputy Tom Rourke came to, expect the, came to inspect the animal, but it was too late to take a blood sample. 
Well, what I'm saying here is a sense of urgency on the rancher's part. He wants to get out here and he wants to solve this crime. He's had an animal that's worth probably a thousand bucks just mutilated and destroyed. And what I'm seeing on the part of law enforcement is, yeah, we're not going to come out there in the middle of the night and look at this thing. It seems like there's a little bit of non-urgency involved. And maybe it's just because they know they can't solve these cases. It says the next day, Lake County Tom, Deputy Tom Rourke came to inspect the animal, but it was too late to take a blood sample. The deputy's report says, quote, I began an investigation involving the mutilation of a cow, Stephen Roth being the animal owner. The mutilation included the heart, tongue, udder, vagina, and butt being cut from the cow. There is no suspect information. Now the article goes on and says the tracker. Looking for more clues as to who or what killed his cow, Stephen Roth invited over his longtime friend Gary Bishop, who had served in the U.S. Air Force in, tactical, in a tactical reconnaissance unit. They came out to where the cow was killed with the sheriff's deputy. It's a hobby of mine to track stuff for hunting, Bishop says. He recounts that the scene was incredibly strange. It's obvious an animal didn't do it, he says. I think whomever is responsible rely on the fact that we are so rural that they can't get the animal to a vet for a forensic exam fast enough. Well, honestly, I think he's overthinking things just a little bit because with the DNA that we have, if a person committed this crime and law enforcement wanted to get serious about it, it would seem as though they could find some kind of DNA sample to track this stuff back. And with all the people that are signed on to 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all these other websites, if they were ever able to get any kind of human DNA connected to this crime scene, it shouldn't take them about 10 minutes to track down the person involved with this. I mean, we're doing it all the time now, cracking old cold cases for murder victims. I don't know. It says here, is a picture, it says, Gary Bishop is a veteran of the U.S. Air Force and now works as a consulting agronomist. Here he's in a blooming field of radish in Deschutes County, Oregon. Okay, it says, he described the killer as extremely efficient and good at what they're doing. When an animal is killed hunting, usually you gut it right on site so you can move it, Bishop says. You can see that disturbance you can see that disturbance on the ground. The person that's doing this is getting away with this, but is very efficient at it. They've been doing it a long time, or they are in a trade that they know how to skin an animal. Well, I don't know. I mean doing it a long time, like how long? Like maybe a couple thousand years? That kinda of long? Because I don't think it's a human doing this. And when you look at how this how the skin's cut away. So they cut away the skin from this animal, and there's not any blood anywhere. And where's the skin at? They took it with them? Because there's no tracks. These mutilated cattle show all the signs of being picked up somewhere. Okay, let's just be honest. They just disappear somewhere into, let's just say, oh, I don't know, a spaceship, where they are mutilated, where they're killed, and whatever else is done to these poor things, and then they are set back down on the ground because there's never any tracks left. All right? 
It says a rancher and his friend found prints behind a juniper tree where someone may have kneeled down near the dead cow. Now, this is a little misleading because a track they found, and I read in other articles, maybe it'll say it here, was about 100 yards away. Now, I don't even know how you connect a track when it's 100 yards away from the victim. A single track. So, I don't know, maybe this guy had on a jetpack, like the guy from L.A., or maybe the track had just been there for a really long time and had nothing to do with the cow. Because this is a place where they graze cows at. It says they also found some... This is strange to me. Very strange. They also found some feathers scattered on nearby brush that they thought might have been used as packing on a blow dart. And they're stretching. They collected the feathers with the sheriff's deputy for analysis. So, here comes the blow dart theory again, okay? This is the working theory that we have right now that we're dealing with. We have one or more individuals who have some sort of unexplainable laser tool that they use to cut the sex organs and various parts of skin off of cows, okay? And how do they kill the cow? Well, they've got blow darts. Yeah. they got blow darts, and they got some kind of neurotoxin in there that when they shoot the cow, the cow immediately falls over. But the cow falls over very carefully. The cow doesn't make any struggle. They don't move any dust around or pine needles or anything like that. The cow gets hit by the blow dart. And then it just very gently lays down there, you know, in the in the pine needles, very carefully. And then the dart itself, apparently, the satanic cult members come over and pull that out very carefully, and don't leave any tracks while they're doing it. So these guys are really good. You know, it would take them probably three to four days to clean up a, a, a crime scene the way they're describing it. Really, not possible. So after the cult members have spent, oh, I don't know how many days, wandering around the National Forest, where there's not a house for 60 miles, where there's one cow for every 87 acres, okay? So that's like, I don't know, like one cow every two and a half square miles or something. They just happen to pull over right where that cow's at in the middle of the night, because these guys are expert cow trackers. They shoot it with this magical blow dart. This here, I guess this one here took several darts because they found feathers all over the place. Do you see how ridiculous we're getting here? Do you see how crazy we're getting? Because we just can't say, wow, this is really strange, it's really evil, and I'm not sure what happened here. But it sure as heck looks like a lot of the stuff that we're hearing about these UFOs. The bad ones. It goes on, he says... It looks like ostrich plume, white or gray-colored feathers, Bishop says. They're fluffy enough. They're not synthetic. They were scattered in a straight line from some trees to the animal, hung in the sage and the grass. Stephen Roth sent a letter to the Harney County Sheriff's Office for analysis, but the officers later told him they were from a common bird of the area and likely not packing for a dart. Really, who determined that? Did they have a biologist come in from the local university? Did they do a DNA sequence? Or did somebody 
who really doesn't want to mess with this to say, yeah, that looks like a bird feather. They don't tell us what kind of bird. Just a common bird. Interesting. Bishop said he thought someone would have had to have watched the cattle for a day or two to see how the animals were moving back and forth to water. If you were trying to do this, I would go out into that animal's territory and track him for a couple of days, he says. Cows are a little more predictable. But he's living about the whole incident. Our livelihood out here in the desert is cattle. Hear that? Desert. Desert. Alright. Who in their right mind is going to be wandering around out in the desert looking for a cow? One cow every 87 acres. I mean, you may have to drive two or three miles to find a cow. And you're doing that in the middle of the night? Come on. Our livelihood out here in the desert is cattle, Bishop says. You know how you know you get to know your critters no matter how big your herd is, and that these people have such disregard for the animal and the value of it is just a violating feeling. I quit thinking that these were people a long time ago. And if they are people, they're not people I want to meet. This is creepy details. Some of the most disturbing parts of the cow's killings are the details, says Stephen Roth. The number on the cow's yellow plastic ear tag was 1313. There's this poor cow laying there. I just, I'm looking at this picture of this cow and I'm seeing it's got the fat around its belly and its and its udders cut out. And then it's got a big chunk taken out here around its uh, front left leg. Maybe they want to get the heart or something, I don't know. It's a little dark along that rib cage and you know up front of the neck. I think that's just the normal color of the hide. What I'm not seeing is any blood really around on the ground there. And this is a very dry, arid area. I mean, there's more dirt than grass. Like I said, this isn't a nice, big, thick, green, you know, Kentucky bluegrass or something you'd see in, maybe in Indiana or, like I said, Iowa or Missouri or whatever. This is desert. If somebody walked out here, they'd leave a track. You couldn't help it. I mean, if you walked through the sand at the beach, wouldn't you leave a track? I mean, this is sand. There should be tracks. It says, to be able to cut through skin and hide without getting into the belly takes a lot of skill and precision. Yeah, you better believe it does. Says Caden Wilberg, one of the Ross ranch hands, who first came upon the killed cow. Kind of creeped me out. I definitely think it was someone, a pretty sick person. It wasn't an animal. No animal can cut skin around a belly like that. Well, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty clean cut, let me tell you. Surgical. Weiberg says there were, were no distinct, distinguishable foot, truck, or ATV prints or other clues nearby. The cow was found near the water troughs, not in the middle of the range. Well, I guess if we're going to pick one of these suckers up, the place to go would be the water troughs. You can have your choice that way. It goes on here. It's, it's, here's the picture of the cow, and it says, In this photo, you can see the place where the, where the heart was cut out and where the udder cut away from the belly of the young cow, number 1313. Yeah, pretty messed up. I wonder if they wanted us to find it to spook us. 
I don't know, he says. Weinberg says there were a few thrash marks where the cow had moved around on the ground. Okay. One other detail was strange. Weinberg got really sick after he touched the dead cow. Now, where have we heard that before? It's almost like radiation poisoning. Lots of these cases, when people have these close encounters with UFOs, when there's some kind of disturbance left you know, behind on the ground or whatever, powder, liquid, whatever, people go and touch it, they get sick. It says, he was throwing up, says Clancy Roth. We don't know if he got a flu bug or ate something, but he went out there, looked at that cow, and touched her, and then that night he wasn't fine. Clancy Roth says that Wilberg was the only person from the ranch who got sick and the only one who touched the cow. Well, you can see why the uh, scavengers won't go near it. Second time. This is the second time this family has been hit by a cattle killer. This is not the first time. In the early 1990s, four cattle were killed on David Roth's ranch. David, who's 76, is David's father. David's ranch is in Lake County on a U.S. Forest Service allotment about 30 miles east of Lapine. It was disgusting and disappointing, David Roth remembers. The cattle were mostly black baldies, and one was a Hereford. Each killing was at a different time over a span of about six weeks, he says. In that open country, you don't see your cows every day. The cases were reported to the loss to the Lake County Sheriff's Office, which investigated, but no suspects were ever found. Anytime someone messes with your cattle, it makes you mad, David Roth says. We thought it was some sort of cult. Not what normal people would do would do to property or animals. Ross says his knowledge there wasn't. He, Ross says to his knowledge there wasn't anyone with a vendetta against his family and other ranching neighbors had the same kind of killings too. So this is a this is a pretty big thing going on here. Not just one or two cows, but dozens. It sounds like a lot of times he would find the animals several days after they'd been killed. And there were no signs of who or what did the crime. We're just amazed that this is happening again, David Ross says. It's something we just don't understand. No peace. The animal's worth around $1,200 and wasn't insured for this type of incident, so it's a total loss, David Ross says. But more than that, it's frustrating to Ross' family and employees. It's a lot more than money, he says. You raise the cattle from heifers, you take care of them, and raise them up to see their calves born. You know them. However upsetting these cases are intrinsically hard to solve, they're remote. There are few or no witnesses, and, they've, and they're the responsibility of short-staffed counties or law enforcement jurisdictions. Because we are so spread out, how many more are there that we don't even find, Clancy Ross says. You have to be lucky to even trip across a, head, to trip across a dead and mutilated cow. She says her family and the ranch hands carry pistols now. There's not much we can change unless you don't run cows, she says. But that's frustrating to ranchers who have lost one of the big reasons they chose to live so remote. To live so remote, peace. If someone comes up to the house, we're fairly prepared, Stephen Ross says. But when we're out on the range, you want to be friendly to people, not scared of them. He used to let his 12-year-old son ride together, ride to gather cattle with him. Sometimes the boy can disappear over a hill or down a draw through trees and out of his sight. Stephen Ross says now he might have to keep a tighter rein on his range of savvy son. That killing makes you think a little more, Ross says. Wow. Very disturbing overall. So these things have been going on for years, of course. 
and it's the same story, and uh, they've never found a suspect. But I thought this case was pers- was was really kind of a little eerie because of the whole thirteen thirteen thing, with the cow being found just after Friday the thirteenth. And what I also found interesting was that this case had happened some time ago, but they decided not to release the facts. I suppose they were just hoping to catch the people that had done this. But what I think we can draw from these last couple podcasts is that a lot of people have the notion, I know that I did, that cattle mutilations were something that happened in the 70s and quite possibly were just some sort of sick prank or some sort of deviant person who instead of killing people was killing cattle. But the more you get into these things and the more you think about the fact that there's never any blood and the more you see the ritualistic um, mutilations, the more you recognize that whatever this thing is doing, this it cannot possibly be humans. There's no way that a person's going to be able to just wander around randomly in the middle of the night to find these things to kill. If they wanted to kill cattle, they could do it a lot more conveniently somewhere else. Okay. It's the very fact that these things are in the middle of nowhere that makes them a target for whatever it is that's killing them. That's what I think. And whatever it is, to my mind, whether it's extraterrestrial or non-human entity or whatever, it's just pure evil. Anyway, the articles are all real interesting. Uh, Like I said, I have links at ufowarning.com. I also have that video there from a listener. If you're a listener and you would like to send a video or a picture or an account, You can uh, direct message me on Twitter or send it to my email account. And we'll see what we can do. If it's it's one that fits in, we'll post it. Uh, Or you can post it yourself on Twitter and we can retweet it, however you want to do it. But it's it's great fun when we can all work together on this. But these cattle mutilations, I think, are the dark side of the UFO phenomena. And they deserve to be looked at. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.